You're listening to Tabletop and Beyond, Guild 9 Gaming Podcast, covering board games to war games and beyond. And welcome back to Tabletop and Beyond. It's been a while, but thanks for sticking it out. We're glad to have you back. Hey, everybody. We did it pod fade. You thought we did, but we didn't. You're like, did these guys pod fade? I'm going to be honest. Probably 80% of this was my fault. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, we're going to talk about Guild... Into the summer. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about GuildCon 2021, which was amazeballs. Um, But we're going to talk about it today. And it really, honestly, like the lead up to GuildCon for me was like super stressor event for me to get like everything ready. And so I, there was a couple times where I'm like, I, I just cannot podcast tonight. I gotta get, I gotta get stuff done. We need yeah. to talk more about that when we get into the main topic. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because I think there's different choices that we could make on good, better, best of our time. <clears throat> hey, Justin. Hey, Hey, <laughs> Hey, <laughs> How many coats of paint do those minis need? <laughs> oh, listen, listen. Uh, you know, and it's events like this that that give me a deadline to get me focused. I mean, I've knocked out almost an entire box of minis, like in a month, which is pretty pretty good. Well, I'm so, proud of you. Yeah, thanks. And uh, I I liked how they played, but we'll talk about that when we get there. So let's kick it off with our geek weeks. So uh, let's do Jason. Jason, what? How was your geek week? Geek Week was good, man. I um, on the tales of GuildCon, I got excited again for uh, Dark Souls style series because we played the Dark Souls board game. I actually played yep. it twice at GuildCon, and uh, so I decided that I was gonna boot up Bloodborne on my PS4. Oh, so I, nice. I got Bloodborne going. Uh, is that a co-op game, by the way? Um, it is. Uh, the except that I don't. I don't pay for the PS4 Plus, and you have to have the Plus membership to play online. Oh, that's too bad, because I have the PS4 Plus membership. Do you? Kind of. Um, so I told well, you how we'll my brother it. I told you how my brother gave oh, me yep. mm-hmm. the... But he's, he's still signed into the PS4, so I have access to his network through his membership, because he's through still signed in. Yeah. It's kind of rad, because I have Bloodborne on there. Yep. I, yeah, Bloodborne's a great game. I mean, it, it feels like a Dark Souls game. Uh, it feels darker than a Dark Souls game, uh, which is the overall gist of Bloodborne. It's a little bit more, I would say, Lovecraftian horror than Dark Souls, which Dark Souls actually, you know, is is has some dark, uh, dark areas to it, but it also has some kind of light and lighter fantasy, higher fantasy stuff, whereas That's Bloodborne true. is just all like, you know, uh, corruption and mm. darkness and stuff like that. So, uh, but man, it's I'm having a good time. I, it was kicking my butt though at first. Um, I had to grind a little bit to level up, and then, and then I got into the swing of things, and now I'm doing good and exploring. Great, great company, man. From Software does these, you know, non-linear level designs with shortcuts, and just it's very ex. You can have a lot of fun exploring the game and seeing nice. all of the great work that's come in the level designs. But so I've been doing that. I was literally about to boot it up the other day um, after GuildCon, and then I saw that my brother had Spider-Man on there, and I booted that one up instead. Oh, they're a little bit more uh, lighter. lighter. Oh, totally. (laughs) It's like me swinging through the city being like, oh, what's that over there? Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. But still fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other thing, uh, um, I did, I finally finished my molds, not the U kind, but the, uh, the, my castle molds. So, 
Um, I, I worked started working on those before GilCon, and then GilCon and other things kind of took over, and I didn't finish it. But now I've got one, two, three, four. I got about four or five molds done. Oh no, four molds done that do the four four walls of the bottom level and the top level of a castle. So I can just nice. knock out this. Uh, I can now knock out copies of these uh, of these castles, which is fun. So good stuff. Nice. Yep, that was my that's my week. Okay, very good, very good. Dan, how how was your week? There's so much stuff that's happened since we podcast last. I mean, it's just a matter of what what to pick. So just really off the top of my head, um, my brother had sent me literally a wooden treasure box from our youth full of geek stuff that he had when he purged, when he uh, he downsized his, his living arrangements. And in that pile of stuff that he gave me, he had a group of 20 lithographs from... Uh, Ralph McQuarrie's concept art for Return of the Jedi. Oh. Um, from 1983. They were published in 1983, and they're about, I don't know, 11 by uh, 14 or something like that. And they're really nice, and they held up really well. They've got, they had some dink corners, but it didn't really matter because I had to cut them down just a little bit to get them in the frames, and I don't care because what's better, having something that is almost a collectible or something on the wall? So I have six uh pieces of artwork from ralph mccrory for return of the jedi and as you look at it you're like wow they really matched his his paintings really well they really had it down to his science by the time he came in for the third film i also have an, a very similar set of prints that i have in a box from doug chang when he did phantom menace and i had those on the wall in my last uh basement i had a bunch of them on the wall but i took them down and um, you know, if you're in a phantom menacey mood, some of them are really good. The Darth Maul one's really great. And some of the Coruscant stuff is, is cool, but I went a little retro with my decor here, here in my office slash game room. I think that sounds awesome. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. So my wife has criticized me for taking every little piece of wall in my basement and covering it with something that's as a frame. But, you know, we've got, like, the original Ralph McQuarrie painting, paintings of the A-Wing and of the B-Wing and of the Lambda shuttle. And, and when uh, Lando and Wedge did the run on the second Death Star inside, it's some pretty cool stuff. And and Luke on a speeder bike, which looks like a, almost a, a screen grab from the film, but it was concept art. So it's pretty cool. Wow. That sounds yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's great stuff. Um, so Dan, both of my RPG groups have now been have now run 100% in person as of the Saturday. So hey, um, and I have another RPG session with my alternate group uh, this Friday. So and that will be 100% in person. Um, we we got all the bands back together like COVID never happened. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. That's great to hear. Yeah, and I know a lot of people really like geographic distributed games i think a covid has done great things for rpgs for groups that used to play together but they live in different time zones yep. but for my personal use and my game table and and the immersion of it all we're we're, we're having a great time that's, that's awesome. my geek week yeah yeah i mean we uh we're doing our virtual one we'll keep doing it until we run out you know what i mean this this campaign out because we've got uh uh mike playing with us and then after that, we'll see what happens. I don't know. I don't know yeah. what's going to happen, you know? Yeah. So we may, we may keep it up. Um, I think, uh, I think my brother who was at GuildCon, um, started to really enjoy a lot of the RPGs, even though he made a lot of fun of me playing them, <laughs> you know, now he's like one of us. Yeah. You know? We, he, he went deep. He went he, deep at GuildCon. He, 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 he rolled real deep. 
Yep. So, but he uh, he left my house being like, oh, I, I found these dice online. I, I think I might get them because you can use them a lot. You can use them a lot in a lot of different situations. I'm like, like RPGs, really. Like, you know, yeah, like, like, I mean, like, you're okay. not rolling those dice. Like, you're not rolling, yeah. like, uh, you know, percentile dice just because you feel like it. Right. You know? Right. Well, let's, uh, let's see how far we go in Monopoly. I'm going to roll this D20. Exactly. <laughs> so. his, his lovely wife... And him let us sleep on their in one of the kids' rooms when we crashed there for uh, catacon. Yep, and you know and they made us the t- breakfast. And they did. yeah, a wonderful breakfast. And Kept after us you very regular, <laughs> after you <laughs> yeah, fully, like... after you fully geekify <laughs> your younger brother Justin, his wife is going to be like, if only Dan didn't let Justin down into his basement to play one thing of That's Star right. Wars. That's right, exactly. <laughs> Trace it back to its source. <laughs> Trace it. You, you're the contagion. <laughs> now, it's pretty good. His um, his sister-in-law, so uh, my brother's wife's sister, she's apparently really big into D&D and, oh. like, RPGs and stuff like that. And she wanted to do Origins this year. And so yeah. my brother was asking me if I'd come out for Origins. And it, it sounds like it's a very muted Origins. And so yeah. they're kind of like, yeah, we may not end up doing it this year. But they want to do it again in the future. And when he told her, because I guess she lives in New Jersey, when mm. he told her that um, he was coming out for this thing, she's like, that sounds really cool. So <laughs> we may end up seeing my sister-in-law that I've never met before. <laughs> Uh, next year at GuildCon 2022, you know, legit. like, That's so, legit. yeah, I had, uh, I had a, f- <laughs> one of my friends said, Hey, so are like, um, are, you know, like, uh, wives allowed to come and stuff. I was like, look, dude, we're not limiting anyone, but I will say this last year we had one female and she stayed yeah. for one session. <laughs> yeah. So it was two just, sessions. It was two, know, sessions. <laughs> two sessions. So yeah. just, uh, you know, but anyone can come. Anyone we can almost come. had two this year from my vein of friends. And just, I don't know why it didn't happen, but it yeah. didn't happen. That's fine. That's fine. And my, speaking of families being cool about it, um, my younger brother, Matthew, who you guys had not met, um, his wife was like, I want to come down every year and bring our son and we can hang out with you guys and Matt and, and, and Dan and, and Nate can go, go game. And they, they thought it was amazing. They really had a, a they really got a kick out of it. And so uh, Matt doesn't really game except for video games. So it was, it was a good thing for him. He, he was yeah. only here for two sessions actually. Yeah. Um, but it, it we was We should great. let Justin do his geek week before we get into go. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, like, I'll, I'll into it. <laughs> yeah. I, save it, save it for the other segment. <laughs> Now we're moving on from Geek Week. Let's get into the news. Oh yeah, Justin I haven't done my Geek, Geek Week yet. <laughs> I yeah, I know it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so for my Geek Week, we know what he did. He painted models. <laughs> That's what I did a little bit. Um, actually, actually, I came back from after like having busted my butt trying to paint all those models. I definitely took like a week off of painting painting you know i'm like i gotta just do something else that's when i picked up spider-man and was playing it a little bit um but uh i was supposed to go play gloomhaven um with our regular gloomhaven crew and i had canceled that before guildcon because i knew like it just wasn't gonna like the wife wasn't gonna be too keen on me going to do another like game night shortly after GuildCon, you know and so we canceled it no problem um and then it turns out that friday my wife is like i am so exhausted i just want to veg out in front of the tv go do whatever you want 
And I'm like, okay. And and it so happened that Jason's wife was out of town, and so he's like, dude, come over and play. So we played um, some more Curse City, uh, which was one of the games that we did play at GuildCon. That was the the box of minis that I was working on painting. But we played uh, we played some more of it, um, and of I really liked the game. I like um, it too, man. I wish it wasn't a dead game. It's a dead game, which kind of sucks, uh, but it's fun to play. And, uh, you know, like we've gotten to the point where we're very comfortable with the rules and the game process and the mechanics and all that. So we're, we played two sessions in, what, like four hours or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it, it didn't take too long at all. You know, yeah, like two sessions in four hours and um, had a good time with it. And, yeah, so um, well, it, it's, it's a fun game. Because it's an arm of Age of Sigmar, it's not really dead it's just it's just that that peninsula isn't they're just no longer working on that right well it's dead <laughs> i it's mean dead, i hate to dead. say it. yeah i hate to say it. so the models that came in the box were pretty much unique i mean they took that opportunity to introduce some like new sculptures like new models for skeletons and zombies um that you can now buy you know um and like this, this game, Curse City, launched at the same time as the Soul Blight Army, which is like the army of vampires that have hordes of zombies and skeletons fighting for them as well. So, so the models you can use in Age of Sigmar, but there's never going to be an update where you can bring models from Age of Sigmar to play into that Curse City game. Oh. And so, for all intents and purposes, there's not going to be any expansions, there's not going to be any other things. Like, it's pretty much a dead game. Um, but, it has a lot of replayability, hmm. um, because there's really, there's three mission types that you can do, and, um, you know, you can, there's like a whole bunch of different maps, and it's, it's one of those games where you throw out the tiles, kind of like Descent. Yeah. You know, and then it has the missions yeah. that you, you kind of go and do, and, um, you know, like it's 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 a great thing that you could play for a couple of one-off things, and then you there's kind of a campaign mode that you can play through, um, and yeah, kind of work through that. So something tells but, me that the Age of Sigmar community is robust enough that there'll be like fans online posting their own stuff. You know, they could easily create some kind of fan-made. Um, some fan-made maps and things like that, and even some kind of campaign mechanics, maybe. Yeah. So I'm sure that there'll be some fan. Um, it's I would say it's similar to Zombie Side in that in that sense, where like mm. zomb- I mean, they're throwing out new content for Zombie Side, like uh, Cool Minis or Not is thrown out like weekly, like a new Zombie Side mission. Oh, nice. That you can run, you know, that's free online. You can download. So I mean. But Games Workshop has just basically said, "Yeah, we're not we're not supporting this anymore." I don't so. know, man. And I think you know, I think the issue there is that I don't think there was enough time for the game to get a large fan base. I and agree. I think most of Games Workshop's uh, users aren't playing that kind of game, and right? So I don't think it's going to get a lot of content. It's it's a niche game. I agree with that. It's a niche game. Um, you know, like Warhammer board games aren't the most popular thing. You know, I mean. People but, go play tournaments and yeah. Play, this one was really arms. this one was really good, man. It had a lot of potential, I thought. 
so what what was interesting about it is um we played blackstone fortress which was like the 40k board game and that got a lot of support like there's a lot of miniatures that came out for it there's a lot of expansion packs that kind of came out with that one um and they took a lot of like what worked well for blackstone fortress and turned it into curse city so i think they learned some lessons from blackstone fortress so i think the mechanics were really really good are they are really good um, it's a fun, easy, it's an easy game. It's a quick game to pick up. Like it doesn't take a lot to figure out what you're doing. Um, and you know, I think they, like I said, they kind of learned their lesson from the 40 K game, but, um, it's just, you know, we, we talked about in previous podcasts that like they didn't print enough copies. There's no more copies being printed ever, you know? And, uh, so even if you wanted to get into it at this point, you either have to find a bootleg version uh, a third-party version of it, you know. Um, some people just bought the game for the miniatures themselves, and you know, like that's it. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's a, it's unfortunate because I think it had a lot of potential. Yeah, I think at this point now, is if you wanted to play it, I would just find another game like it. Yeah, there's so I'd, many. I'd in the probably market. go pick up. Believe it or not, I'd probably go pick up Blackstone Fortress. Because it's still out there being, I mean, not being supported. Like they have, they're not coming out with any other things, but it has a lot of content Mm -hmm. that you could pick up and play and you can still find it. So anyway, yeah. So yeah. Uh, And then um, I cracked into, um, well, I started building models on Sunday, um, you know, just to say, okay, I'm going to start getting some models ready again. So I built the Sylvaneth Warband that I picked up a couple weeks ago. So I've got that ready for Warcry, Jason. So cool. we've got some tree cool. people to play with now. Um, and um, and then I cracked open the Dominion box, which is the Stormcast Eternals versus the Cruel Boys, which are the new versions of the Orcs. They uh, look very menacing, very terrifying. I love them to death. Uh, they look a lot like Lord of the Rings Orcs instead of kind of the cartoony, goofy Orcs that you see in yeah. um, 40K. Yeah, I like those Orcs a lot. They're my favorite-looking Orcs. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they are they are just mean-looking, and um, they live up to their name, Cruel Boys. So I started putting them together. Um, the interesting thing is is that I, I'm in the Orc, the Orc. Uh, Facebook group, you know, and everybody keeps asking, when's the when's the new Battle Tome come out? Now, for those of you who don't know anything about Warhammer, a Battle Tome <laughs> is basically... For those of you who have never heard an episode of this podcast... <laughs> exactly. I mean, a Battle Tome is basically your army's rules, right? It tells you, like, what, what things you can take, like, what abilities you have, like, you know, all the, all the War Scrolls for the models and stuff like that that you use to play uh, you know, a, a tabletop war game with that army. Um, they came out with this box in July. I think it was July 4th weekend that it, that it came out. And um, they promised that the book, uh, the War Clan, Orc War Clans book, would be out in for pre-order in August, right? So first of August comes, middle August comes. We're now in late August, right? And people were like, okay, all right, where's the book? Where's the book? And the Games Workshop does a uh, um, upcoming pre-order preview. Like, this is what they do every two Sundays. They do, like, what's coming up in the next two weeks that you can pre-order, right, to kind of get the hype up. No sign of a book at all. And so all the orc, orc players are like, what in the freak is going on? And so 
they're like they're all going online going like i swear that they said it would be like pre-order in august so they went back and looked at the article that said that it was and games workshop changed the article <laughs> like we've got people with screenshots know, like that right? say like late august yeah. and then it says coming sometime in the future oh, now no you know yeah oh, and so, the trans- so there cheap. is zero transparency with this company i mean it's so bad and you're just like dudes like you don't have to do this and the thing is is that if you talk to like games where if you talk to warhammer players we all know there's a supply crisis going on Right, we all know that like productions are being delayed. That getting stuff from China is hit and miss. You might get it super fast. It might be three months late. Like we all know this is going on right now, right? Like if Warhammer just said, guys, we are hitting some snags right now with our production. We're trying to do what we can, but COVID's thrown us for a loop. Production's thrown us for a loop. We're gonna get it to you when we can. If they had said that, everybody would have been like, eh, okay. All right, you know, maybe can you throw us a bone with a PDF that that can help us kind of play these a little bit better? But, you know, if not, that's fine. Just let us know. Instead, now we did this internet sleuthing and found out that they're, like, like gaslighting us, you know? Like, it's just wild. You know, I almost bought Kill Team Octarius this week. And now I'm glad I didn't, (laughs) based on everything that you just said. I'm glad I still do not have a single Games Workshop product in my house. And I got real close. And uh, it didn't happen. Well, you know, there's going to be other Kill Team boxes that might tempt you. Well, we'll see. (laughs) I think I need to play the game maybe on somebody else's set first. I think that's a great idea. And Jason and I were talking the other day. We've got, um, between the two of us, like four or five Kill Teams that we can play with. Yeah, That's cool. Great. So, Yeah. Yeah. Just come so. over and have a kill team night. I got a bunch yeah. of coworkers. I found out when the every now and then when a the gaming comes out, they go, "Oh, do you uh you play Warhammer?" I was like, "Yeah, like yeah, we played 40k back in college." I was like, "Dude, come over one time, we'll play." Yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, you know what? Maybe I'll talk about kill team a little bit in the news because it is uh, it is newsworthy. We have so much news, so I'll try to breeze through it. I'll do it, man. All right. So yeah, that was my geek week. I kind of right. rambled. You did, you did great. It's important stuff. Here we go. Oh, man, my audio dropped. Come on. <laughs> Tabletop and beyond news. <laughs> I like it. Epic. Pretty cool. I, I'm Dan Pomeroy. I'm Dan Pomeroy. I got to turn on my radio voice. Welcome. It's Tabletop and Beyond News. First up, Asmodee Atomic Mass Games is putting Star Wars Armada on ice. Star Wars Armada, a miniature game that simulates large-scale spaceship battles, will no longer be receiving any more new releases. In a statement from the Tabletop Titles publisher Atomic Mass Games, the studio behind other licensed miniature games, such as Marvel Crisis Protocol, it was confirmed that the company would not be releasing any new products for Star Wars Armada. Despite the studio admitting that it did not have any new Armada products in development, it did confirm that it would be providing support to the game by prioritizing reprints of existing products and through organized play initiatives. So um, because of this, I had to delete a very nasty trolley comment on Facebook 
and I told Atomic Mass Games that they could bite my Atomic Mass. Um, Dan, I read uh, that on Facebook. <laughs> I was so mad. I was like, why am I seeing this post from Atomic Mass? And it's like, your friend Dan Pomeroy posted on here. And I'm looking at him like, wow, he is not happy. Yeah. I had random people who, it showed up like on everybody's Facebook. They're like, is everything okay? I'm like, shut up. <laughs> it's the name of their company. So I, so oh, I, 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 I went out that day and bought the $80 MSMR, MSRP um, big ship for the for the Rebels, which is called the Nadiri Starhawk. I got it for 65 And then there's an almost huge ship for the Imperials that came out called the Onager. It's kind of made up. It has a gigantic axial laser coming through it. And that was another 50 or $60 MSRP that I got for 40 something. And I, I had to run out and buy them right then. I didn't even want them right then, but I had to run out and buy them right then because the, the price is going to go up and they're going to be scarce. Oh, prioritizing reprints. I just want to say for the record that Asmo. Asmo Day has done a very horrible job with the Star Wars properties. They transferred the RPG to the uh, Edge Studio. They've done nothing with it. Asmo yeah. Day Atomic Mass only cares about Crisis Protocol. They barely put out any X-wing stuff at all. The X-wing support has is just been the bare minimum, I think, and not very compelling con- content. And they've also been dropping organized play, which had a huge organized play base for X-wing. They're talking about prioritizing organized play for Armada. That organized play was less of a deal than X-Wing. So yeah. the game is just, the, the company is just bad. Bad, bad, bad. And I, I almost bought Crisis Protocol and Kill Team. I had them both in my same cart the day that I found out. Didn't buy either of them for, um, for two different reasons, obviously. So it's just pretty wild to me that like, as a company, why do you want your products to fail? Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. They may have the reasons. They may not want to support these. They may not want to like have to print the minis or do these packs. But like, these were money makers. I mean, like these these ships and these packs are not cheap, and you're selling plastic at a premium price. I mean, that is a money maker. Yeah. You're printing money at that point. You know. Oh. <laughs> like, yeah, and and Armada is the game financially which is closest to kind of the games workshop kind of price points where there's just a heavier dollar amount cuz the models are bigger they're more yep. intricate they require more paint um they're very good but at the same time um it is what it is so anyway that's our first item of news uh, copyright provocateur Dr. Robert uh, Hovden filed a f- filed and received a copyright for his deck, Magic the Gathering cards titled Angels and Demons. Hovden claims that his arrangement of the of the intellectual property of Wizards of the Coast results in a unique expression and thus is protected under United States copyright law. In public statements about the registration, Hovden was impl- Hovden has implied that he was the legal authority to prevent the use of his copyrighted deck for use in tournaments. Some Magic the Gathering community expressed concerns that the tournament landscape may become a race to file a copyright on specific decks in order to prevent others from using them. 
So mm -hmm. there's a lot about thin copyright here. We won't go all the way into it, but this is a very strange uh, turn of events where folks are taking, like for instance, uh, like everybody's heard of net decking and list, you know, built pulling lists for competitive games off the internet. Yeah. Uh, if you start copywriting your your secret sauce, if this thing stands, that could be a thing. That's I think really this is horrible. I think yeah. so too. Like. That's like going to a Warhammer tournament and you're like, I put this list together and because I put the thought into this list, it's now my copyright. It's like my list. Nobody can play it unless I give them permission. Like, it's so weird. So it's, weird. It's the, the whole thing is, I, I'm not a fan of it at all. I, re I really dislike this. But um, uh, anyway, that's what's going on there. Um, I'm, I've got a, I've got a, a yeah, thing. Huge. I've, we could talk about that for like an hour. Yeah. yeah. So why why don't we park that? Um, Jay, do you <laughs> okay. mind doing the next couple news items? I've got to get away yeah. from my keyboard for a minute. Sorry. Yes, sir. So uh, wow, I just want to talk about that though, <laughs> right? I just it's discuss so, as it's you see horrible. Fit. It's horrible. Oh, I you mean, know what? Let's talk about it next week. Let's do some research on it and um, okay. and okay. we'll we'll dive a little bit deep because I think that that's got some weird implications for gaming. Just across the board. Across the board. Competitive, any competitive list building. Yeah. Any competitive list building. Collectible and, card and, games. And, and even gosh. not not even competitive list building. I mean, like, you could say I, I arranged a certain game a certain way, and now it's like intellectual property. Nobody else could do it that way. All right, let's move on. All right, all right. Okay, all right. So uh, just reading on the script here, voting for the 2021 Ernst. Er Ernie he Awards? Misspell that? He misspelled that, didn't he? No, it's not. It's the Any Awards. I was going to say, Ernie Burt, <laughs> the 2021 Burton Ernie Awards is now live in all categories. <laughs> the, full, the Any Awards. The full list of nominees and judges spotlights winners were announced last Friday with voting going live this past Wednesday. The awards will be streamed live from Gen Con, hey. which we're all... Not, going, Not to. going to on September seventeenth, starting at nine p.m. Eastern. Yeah, yeah. Well, Gen Con once again updated their health policy, backtracking on the previous loosening of the requirements after previously stating that masks would be required for all events, and then updating to requiring masks only for indoor events, and then offering wristbands to those who can prove vaccination or medical exemption, which we talked about before. Gen Con is now again requiring masks for most events. Mask will be required for all attendees worn oh over gosh. the mouth and nose, except while actively eating or drinking, at all indoor areas of the convention and all crowded outdoor events. So, so what if I just brought snacks for my entire RPG? <laughs> right, right. What are you doing? I pop a peanut every thirty seconds. Uh, I think one of the I'm back. Sorry, guys. I, uh, one of the times we went to Gen Con, our other buddy Dan had a camel uh, 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 backpack oh, that was me. water. Yeah. Was that I you? Always bring, I always bring a camel back whenever I okay, go. Okay, so you could just have it in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I could be yeah, like, this is how I receive yeah. my nutrients. <laughs> dude, it, it'd be like, I'm dude, not from this world. You know, I'm wicked thirsty, my... man. I'm wicked thirsty. <laughs> wicked, it's, wicked. It's, like, it's like Dune with like the thing that goes yeah. from yeah, the, nose the nose to your respirator. Yeah. You just like have it there. You're like, hello. Yeah. Yeah. You know? You know, it's funny. You remember, um, you know, uh, airplanes. When you get on the airplane and they usually say, you know, Please leave your mask on all the time unless you're eating or drinking. And then please replace your mask in between sips and bites. <laughs> oh <laughs> I'm my like, God. what? No. Uh. <laughs> between sips so and funny. bites. Those so poor funny. flight attendants who have to re enforce this crap. 
Dude, you know what? I, I don't know, man. I mean, yes, I agree. Poor flight attendants, but nothing annoys me more than flying across country and two and a half hours in when you're just kind of getting rested and settled over the loudspeaker, a giant 15-minute advertisement for that company's credit card. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. Wow. I hate it. And if you look over the left side of the wing, we have an offer for <laughs> right. 2,000 bonus miles. If you sign up today, we're going to come through the aisle now. Don't miss your chance. Well, you know, like by- asleep. They're like waking you up. Sir, would you like would you like one of these free pamphlets on the credit card? <laughs> <laughs> don't say anything mean to them either. Don't be nope, mean. Nope, don't be mean. And with, with them encouraging you to bring your own device for entertainment, you're not plugged into their audio anymore. And I think they know that. Yep, because they could yeah. in the old days. They, if you were listening to the built-in music or whatever, they it would could pause in, the PA. They could interrupt you, and they now they know that passengers can't. You, they don't want to listen to anything. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, amazing. yeah. Well, we just finished the news. Yeah, sorry about yeah. that. I had a that's okay. Minor. Hey, we're all we're all living regular family life here. So that's, that's right. how. So it goes. I'm I'm going to add one news item. Kill Team 2.0 is coming out this weekend. Um, so the box that Dan was talking about, Kill Team Octari- uh, Octavius, Octarius, 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 um, is coming out this weekend. It is orcs versus um, versus the Death Krieg, um, the gas and, mask guys. Yeah, the, they, they look, they look uh, the, the death masks. death core, the death core of Krieg. Like they are pretty cool looking models. But um, the the cool thing about this set is you get two complete kill team armies you get a whole big set of terrain you get a board to play on you got the core rule book uh you get some dice like it's a, it's similar to Warcry that way um the list building looks pretty cool it seems pretty easy you don't need to worry about points basically you say okay mm-hmm. like you know your faction is allowed two fire teams and you can choose you know any of these fire teams and then it'll tell you like what models you can have in that fire team so they have kind of pre-balanced um, the lists for everybody, based as on... well as they always do balance. I know exactly. So, um, <laughs> the interesting thing, the interesting thing about this is that um, I'm getting the compendium, the, the Kill Team compendium, which is a separate book from this box, and the compendium allows you to take pretty much any faction within the 40k um, universe and make a kill team out of it. So like, uh, Jason, I think you've got a couple Tyranids, maybe some Tau, you've got your sisters of battle, so we can make some kill teams out of them with this book. Now, the interesting thing is that, um, they're pretty, van- like I've, I've kind of seen some reviews online. The compendium is pretty vanilla, um, and so, like, especially for Sisters of Battle, it's like, you can have this, you know, sergeant with this weapon, and you can have, you know, dot, 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 dot. But if you look at the two kill teams that came in the box, they have, like, a medic. They have, like, an explosive specialist. They have, you know what I mean? Right. With specific data cards that allow you to do stuff. And those roles are not in the compendium. It sounds like there's another book they want you to buy. Oh, it's not another book. It's more boxes. And more kill teams. So they have outlined a roadmap from here for like the next year. And then I think it's like every other month is a new kill team set that's going to be coming out. And I assume what it is is that like they'll have a Space Marine kill team set that you can buy that's got some unique models and uh, little cards with their rules uh, on it with updated rules from the compendium. 
So I, I was watching some videos about this online and there is like one huge like knit net design flaw in the game, which is the ranges, which are like one, three, you know, or six, mm-hmm. they have shapes that don't match that number. Like one is a triangle, three is a circle, and six is a pentagon. So uh, <laughs> the guys that were reviewing it were like People at Games Workshop don't know that shapes and numbers can actually go together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. They they give you a tool. Um, it's kind of interesting because um, you've got a similar thing going on in the Curse City box where um, it'll be like, okay, you roll these dice and it'll basically give you the shape of the dice that you need mm, to roll. Yeah, you know, uh, rather than like telling you like. How many of something? something yeah, yeah. Exactly. So it gives you shapes and, and different things. Um, so they've got these little range tools um, on there that um, that come in the box that allow you to be like, okay, well, it's either the square, the triangle, or the hexagon, yeah. or whatever, or the the pen, the pentagram. Um, pentagram. The, <laughs> the pentagram. <laughs> it's off the devil. Heresy. It's heresy. It's nineteen eighty five again. You just took exactly. me right back to the D and D scare. So I think what I'm going to do with those little tools, though, they're just, like, totally gray plastic. I think I'm going to paint them uh, black, do a little dry brush on them to kind of make some details pop out. But I'm going to take the little symbols that are on there and paint them to match the color that are on the data card. So it's easy to see, like, oh, this side's the red side. That's a good idea. You know, and... And then that way, uh, you know, because that's a quick, that's an easy, quick paint job to, to get those tools right. So, and then just cover it in a crap ton of enamel. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't chip. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. All right. Sorry. I kind of. Uh, no, I have, the an, I have another quick audible. It's a quick one. We've, we've right. failed here at Tabletop and Beyond Podcast. We have failed our listeners to Uh-oh. properly recognize the depth of geek of the great Stephen Colbert. Um, he was on the Friendship Onion podcast with the two guys that played Marion Pippin. And he was playing, before Gary Gygax put out the first D&D, there was a sci-fi version of a role-playing game that uh, he played before. And then like D&D came out like four or five weeks later, and they dropped that other sci-fi thing and got straight into first edition D&D. And here's a guy, man, he was going so geek. It was like listening to us talk. And uh, Dom Monahan, who uh, plays uh, Mary, he's like, yeah, I've been really getting into D&D during COVID. It's been really great. And he's been trying to get Billy Boyd to play D&D. And Billy Boyd's like, I just don't want to play fantasy. Here's a guy who played Pippin. He doesn't like uh-huh. fantasy. And he likes sci-fi. He's like, yeah. if there was like a sci-fi or a Star Trek role-playing game, I would play it. And Dom is like, I think there is one. I think I think they have one. <laughs> so the whole thing was like listening to a gamer podcast Listen to the Stephen Colbert uh, part one. There's a it's a two parter. It is so geeky, and those guys are just amazing. And Stephen, of course, had a bit part in the second Hobbit movie as well. And I I think we've all underestimated the deep geek of Stephen Colbert. <laughs> so wow. I just want to put that out there to the universe. I'm nominating Stephen Colbert to be the patron saint of geekery. I'm sorry. I already have my patron saint. I know yeah. who yours is. Yes, you do. Whose is yours? Who is it, Jason? It's uh, Witcher Superman. Henry Cavill. Oh, Henry Cavill. Right. Yeah, he's in there. He's in there. Henry he's... Cavill and and uh, Joe Mangiano. All those, yeah, those guys are great. 
Henry Cavill like is now playing um, Cyclops in the X Men reboot that may be part of the MCU. Ooh. Ooh. I know. <laughs> I know. We're gonna talk <laughs> sometime about reboots and the problem with writers. <laughs> oh, dude! I listen. I agree with you. I agree. Hey, that's another. There's, there's a good podcast. Look, yeah. but um, Henry Cavill paints minis. He plays Games Workshop. He's a, he is so great. But he was in a, he was in an interview the other day, and he was staring up at a light fixture that was on the set. And the interviewer was like, "You keep looking at that thing." He's like, "I know that you are not gonna get this." But the people reading this article are. That looks exactly like the Blackstone Fortress from Warhammer 40k. <laughs> <laughs> and it showed a picture of it, and it totally did. It totally looked like it. Yeah. And all the Warhammer fans are like, "Will you marry me?" Yeah, we just we don't care. <laughs> what schlock are you putting out on Netflix? We'll watch it. And Enola Holmes or whatever, I'll watch it yeah. ten times. Whatever exactly. you need, I'm 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 there for you, Henry. Yeah. All right. So, let's anyway. let's get into our main topic. I'm sorry I called an audible, but man, if you guys, if you guys want to see celebrities go true geek, uh, the Friendship Onion podcast uh, podcast has some great episodes for that. Awesome, awesome. All right, so we are going to do our GuildCon recap. Uh, GuildCon 2021, I think, was even better than 2020. Um, we had some great things about it, uh, you know, and. One of the best things about this is that we got to see people who we hadn't seen in over a year. You know, um, like our boy, my boy Drew was there. I have not seen Drew in over a year. You know, um, I got to see Nick in person for like, it's been like 18 months since wow. I've seen him in person. You know, yeah. um, we got to see Mike had come in from Idaho. You know, your brother came out like yeah. we got to see some people who we really haven't spent any time with. Um, and we had a lot of fun gaming. I think everything went really smoothly. Um, Jason, you were telling me about your friend Matt and his experience, right? Yeah, he it was great, man. Just he and he's someone I haven't seen since before COVID as well. And he uh, he's a guy that, you know, we share a lot of the same music tastes. And he's talked over the years about how he used to play D&D back in the day. And I said, dude, you got to come down. And we play we play a ton of Dark Souls. Like, we, we co-opt all the Dark Souls games together. Mm. And uh, it was really cool. I brought him down. I says, all right, you got to come down. We're going to play the Dark Souls board game. And he I tell you, man, he was geeking out over that board game. Because it, it is very much, um, you know, skinned with an appropriate Dark Souls feel to it. Oh, yeah. I mean, even like, you know, the armor, you'll, you're gonna, you'll draw a treasure card and it'll be, you know, the armor of the Taurus and you'll be like, yes, you know, and that kind of stuff. The whole time you play the game, it's great. So he uh, he was uh, really getting into the RPGs too, you know. Absolutely. He, he played Call of Cthulhu with us. Uh, I think he was really pulling his character well on that. So why don't we, um, we've got some, Jason has listed some sessions that he wants to talk about. Yeah, I've definitely. listed all of the ones that I wanted uh, that, that he that weren't on Jay's list, and Justin, yep. if you don't, if you want to do cleanup on anything that we didn't cover, yeah, sure, absolutely. So why don't you take it from the top, Justin? Starting with the game we did play with Matt, which was the Wendy's RPG. 
Yeah, I'll grab it. Yeah. So I the man, that was fun, right? What was the name of that Feast of Legends? Feast of Legends, or? yes. What, Feast the, of the, Legends, the Wendy's RPG. The free yeah. fast food RPG. If you want a free RPG and not spend any money on it and have a lot of advertising for Wendy's, it's fun. We had a great time. <laughs> yeah. It's totally <laughs> fun. Awesome. And it is a total like puck at McDonald's the whole time. That's it's fantastic. Just, every single thing is pointing a finger at McDonald's, you know. It's a bad Which you if know, you if you look at their like social media, they're always ragging yeah. on McDonald's. Oh, yeah. So oh, it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, Wendy's doesn't hold back for but sure. But as a game, <laughs> I think it held up okay. It was very it's a light skinned classic kind of it's almost like the the D twenty um what do they call that? The the open uh, open gaming license. But not really. Um, it's almost there, but not. So the six stats, I think, pretty much line up almost one for one. Um, it does feel... It, it is a stunt game. It's not meant to be played too many times by the same group with the same characters. And it does have a pre-made adventure, and which was fun. And we had a good time. And I think we ran out of time. We could have played it longer, but we kind of jumped to the last last final battle with the frozen clown, wink, wink, the frozen uh, pedophile clown. No, it wasn't a pedophile clown, but you know what I mean. Um, and and it was it was good. It was it was good. We everybody had fun and laughed, and it was it was a gas. It was good. I I would say as far as long term playability, it probably. Yeah, you, you know, it's, it's also and the and first it time our buddy Casey had ever GM'd. That's right. Yeah. That yes, he did a fine job. He did a pretty job. good job. Huh? He did a, he did a fine great job. job. Yeah. 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 I, I would, you know, it's it was simple. It was a simple game. It was a stat based D twenty roll. Yeah. And uh, and that's it. You know, you got it or you didn't. Simple. Yeah. Yep. And you guys had a good group playing it. Like you were having a lot of fun. I could tell. Because uh, my brother and I and Mike, we were playing um, the Lord of the Rings Journeys of Middle Earth in the other room. And we heard you guys laughing and, you know, shouting and, and uh, you know, getting into it. So I think I think one of those c- kinds of games, like, you need to be like, we're going full cheese on this. Yeah, totally. You know? <laughs> Sometimes like three or four cheese. slices of cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> right, bacon. Yeah. It was bacon. <laughs> Yeah, it was funny though. Like the main boss that we were, or the, uh, in the first part that we were going after, was like hunger. Yes, it was, it was yeah. hunger, and we were fighting. Well, what was the, the name of the name of the, like I, the little? I can't remember rat things, but, I don't but know, they were some, some word that's when you're hungry. Oh, the, the hangries or something, or the munchies, <laughs> I, or, was, I can't remember it was what something it was. Like that, yeah. It, the best thing that came out of that was my character had like totally chewed up the main bad guy and like got him down to like one or two hit points left. I think Jay, it was you, your character came in and whomped and he was the main hero. And I have a sidekick class. My class is a support class and everyone like really got into the joke that it, it yeah. wasn't my character. Well done, that, sidekick. Yeah. Yeah. The, the sidekick totally was ignored and everyone was really cheering. That's cheering awesome. you. And I'm just sitting there as, and that became the running joke for the last half of this, the, the session. I came in and did like four points of damage and finished them off. I finished that's them off. Awesome. Dan had done like 45 or something. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> and so we, we kind of took it to another level and, I'm glad that everybody. It was it, we turned it into a fun thing, and not not anybody getting their feelings hurt. My feelings yeah. weren't hurt. I, I I wanted to laugh, and so we we kind of were two inches off the ground after playing that, just because yeah. just because we found like a running gag that everybody found yeah. enjoyable. Yeah. 
I think that was a fun one. I also really enjoyed Call the Call of Cthulhu RPG, which you ran, Justin. That yep. was a lot of fun investigation. Uh, yeah. You know, and role play, which is what that, that system is about. There's not an enormous amount of combat, and there really shouldn't be. Because in, in that universe, you know, everything is definitely stacked against you. Uh, yeah, you're I mean, a normal person. Exactly. Yeah. I I think you hit that you hit the nail on the head there, right? Which is like you are not the he, you are not a hero. Yeah. You you are a normal person. You may be smarter than the average person, maybe just a slightly. You may have like a, enough charm to talk your way into a nightclub or something like that, but uh-huh. you are not uh, a beefy barbarian from the north that's going to save everybody. You know, save all of humanity. Um, it's it is a definite different role play. We played it in the 1920 setting, um, which was a lot of fun. Um, because it was funny. Going, you had the candles going and the ambiance and the music. <laughs> yeah, I had a I had a, a like a storm. Um, it was a video on YouTube that was like a repeat of a of a a mansion with like a storm in the background. You know, like kind of a hall with a fire crackling. So it had like uh, you know kind of a stormy feeling, and we had the candles going, and I mean they're LED candles, you know. But um, I thought it was fun, and you know the group did uh, like the group. I I have to give a lot of credit to like everybody got into their character and had a oh, fun yeah. time we role playing really well, and that made that made it so much fun. You know what I mean? Like that made it um, that made it a lot of fun. So. You know, if I had, if I didn't have as fun of a group, I don't know if it would have been as fun. But I mean, that's any game, right? Of course. Um, but I, I can say that Jason, you and I played Call of Cthulhu at Gen Con, mm-hmm. and we walked away with it being like, eh, I think we're gonna have to give it another chance to see yeah. if we actually like it. You know, so. Yeah, it, it was great, a great time. But like you said, I think the group made it great. Yeah, yeah, and I've got another adventure, so we need to play. You know, we need to play that second one. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think uh, I think the second one's actually better than the first, but we had a blast with the first. So. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and these were this was the starter Cthulhu RPG I talked about um on the pack podcast a couple a couple episodes ago that I picked up for like twenty dollars, and you know it has like three or four adventures in there that you can play. They're great. So yeah, box set, right? Box set. Yep. yep. So just some other two other notables, and I'll turn it over to Dan. Uh, is uh, we played Battle Stations again, one of my fan, one of my favorites. Uh, it's just a great party game, sci-fi, goofy party game where you don't have to take yourself too seriously. Um, and uh, and also Dark Souls, the board game. And Dan, you ran Battle Stations for us, and that was a blast. I had I had a couple coworkers come down and played it with us, which was fun. Um, and then Dark Souls the board game, like I said before, I played it twice. Uh, once with you, uh, I, once with you, Dan, and your brother, and yes. then um, and then uh, with my buddy Matt, who came down too. And that is a great game. Um, and we, uh, when I played it with Matt, we burned through. Um, we we burned it through and played it. I think legit. And, nice. Uh, like, and it it got to the point to where you know we were. We were gri- spending all of our uh, all of our sparks grinding to get the souls, so that we could get the gear to go into the boss and fight the boss and take nice. him out. So that was cool. I think that's uh, great. My my brother played with you guys um, on Wednesday morning, mm. and that yeah. was probably his top like top three games. 
It's like a great Dark game. Souls. Like he says that it's just such a fun game, such a fun game. And uh, you know, it's a cooperative board game. Like you all have to work together and figure out what you're going to do and, and kind of figure out the puzzle of the scenario that you're facing. Um, you know, and do it kind of over and over again till you get it right. Um, and um the interesting thing about it is uh, it's a game where you're co-oping, but you all have to work together to figure it out. It, it's hard for one person to play for everybody, you know, and mm-hmm. I think that that makes it a really fun board game. It's one of those games where you level up. You can level up with gear to make your character stronger, but most importantly, you actually level up in your own tactics of how you play the game. Yeah. Which is what Dark Souls is all about anyways is... You know, you can you can play, and I've seen people do it in streams. You can play through the entire Dark Souls game without leveling up um, at all uh, really? in that character because because you just become such a good player. You know, your your skill and your technique, and it's the same way with this game. I feel like your skill and your technique and your tactics and how to fight the and how to uh, fight the game and the AI in the game levels up. I think at one point your brother Nate. When he was getting frustrated because we died, he was like, oh, man, this game is uh, like we're not even like leveling up. And I was like, yes, but we're leveling up in tactics. (laughs) And he was like, you're right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's good. No, um, it's 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 punishing in a good way. It's punishing, but in a way where you don't get frustrated and just say, can we go play something else? Right. It's Mm -hmm. punishing because you're like, oh, I'm just at the cusp. I think I'm I think I could do this. And, and it keeps hope alive in a very hopeless setting. Super great. We've talked about it many times on the show in the past, but that was – right now, I I can't imagine us doing like a guild con or something like that and not getting in a session of not Dark playing Souls. That, yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's funny because John, Jason, and I co-purchased that game. Yep. Um, after we played it at Gen Con, and I don't think we regret it one bit. Nope. No. Not at all. Yep. So. And and great job on the minis that you've painted. They're they're very I good. I need to do more. They're, no, 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 you don't. <laughs> I do. No, you don't. You're just, I do. There's there's <laughs> there's enough plastic in the earth to to drive you into the in, insane asylum. That's all I gotta say. Um, just <laughs> like that Terminator meme that you posted. <laughs> just uh, picking up where where Jason uh, left off on uh, Dark Souls. Um, a couple of us played uh, the Learn to Play Twilight Imperium 4th Edition, and I, I really... You guys talked about it when you all had a 12-hour session. Yeah. And I finally got in, I don't know, a four-hour session, and the, we're like, yeah, we're cutting this short because we're only four hours. And and you, you walk away going, well, that would have been different had we had another two hours of play. I would not have made the choices I made. Yeah, and I think I did pretty okay. I can't remember who actually won, but I think I was in contention to win um, the Learn to Play, and it was good. Uh, I, I two thumbs up on Twilight Imperium Fourth Edition. Uh, if anybody's interested, it's I I would I would add it to my collection tomorrow if I you know if there was nobody who had it in our group because that's not a game that's not a game where you need two boxes going at the same time. Quite frankly. Mm. And uh, you need com- you need commitment from people to sit down and play that game and play the game and th- that you know. kind of narrows the population of yep it's not a game you know where a bunch of people come over and say oh should we get out Twilight Imperium no that's that's not what that's about but it rewards you you learn to play it and you're playing on everybody else's turn like you'd said totally in love with that game mechanic I think it's so well thought out 
So yeah, very, very absolutely. Good. And and John does a pretty good job um, with the learn to play aspect of it too. He's very you know, helpful. Like, yep, yep. So John, I know you're listening, John. Sometimes John, when he's teaching you teaching you how to play, and you're against him, he will also just kick your butt. Not on that case, but on civilization, <laughs> oh, no, dude. he will just kick the trash and go. Okay, now you know how to play, and now I've kicked the trash. Now I've kicked your trash. So, <laughs> well, John. ask him. Just John ask him what happened. Playing to win it. Ask him what happened when I played him in Civilization because I won that game handily. Well, I, we'll have to talk so. about that on another time. But well, it 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 can it continued, uh, Jason, the trend of me sitting down playing a game, being like, "Huh, I think we'll just uh, try my hand at this one," <laughs> and then and walking you know? away winning. That's yeah. great. That's great. Well, <laughs> you gotta terraform Mars. You have to terraform it's Mars. It's the right, cones right. of Dunshire. <laughs> it's about the cones. Uh, the other thing is because we mentioned civilizations that got played at least two, maybe three times. Yep. Yep. And none of us were involved in any of those sessions, but uh, I, I played it. Uh, okay, great. How did those go? Fantastic. I mean, um, you know, so we've got uh, the interesting thing about GuildCon is we've got some guys there that uh, want to only do RPGs. That's like the um, the the Nick Jarvis's of the world, right? Yeah, like yeah. he is all RPG. He'll play some board games with you if if like there's nothing else going on, um, but he's all about the RPG. Same with Drew. Drew's all about the RPGs. Um, but you've got some guys that came that have want nothing to do with RPGs. They just want to play board games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, you know, I was able to sit down with a bunch of my friends from um, our old church ward and play with them a board game and we had a great time you know because like we we all kind of knew what we were doing with civilization and and uh you know work through it and um uh we were playing with the expansion pack so the last time i had played civilization was years ago um kind of when it first came out and uh it it was it was a good game but they came out with an expansion pack with like new civilizations that you could work with cool. and an expanded role for the military side of things oh good and that made it a great game oh. like it's a it's a great game now like a lot of fun i've a not lot played of that i've not played the expansion yeah i may have signed up if i had known that little fact i may have gotten in a gotten in a one of those games yeah, it was uh, it was a uh, it was a lot of fun. It's one of those games that you never know who's gonna win until literally the end, because someone could come roaring back with you know, with some things and and snake the victory out from you under you. Yeah. So, um, it's great. a great game. Yep. Uh, the next on our list, we've talked about it ad nauseum on the show called Adventure. We scheduled it as the only 10 a.m. start time game. And we got four players who were like, I just wanted to start at 10 instead of 8. Thank you for running something at 10. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, just mental note, uh, the, 8 a- the 8 a.m.s, you know, how many days in a row, especially with folks driving. Um, you know, That's the, true. The, the, t- the, the 10 o'clock had a, had, a, had a draw. So let's just plug that in our brains for, for next time. Um, I also ran for the first time ever Star Trek Adventures, Klingon Empire. You guys were my players. Uh, you guys, no holds barred. Tell me how it went. You can't hurt my feelings. I'm. Did, were you in that session, Jason? 
I was not in the. Oh, I thought Jason was in there. Was oh no, the Justin, you can go ahead. I was there. Um, I enjoyed it. Look, it's a lot of fun playing crazy Klingons. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just being like, oh well, you know, we we loot and pillage, and we you know do our Klingon thing. Like we we kill things. So, um, it was a it was a lot of fun. Um, I think the adventure. I think this was a pre-fab. It was adventure, pre-made. Right? Yeah. So it didn't have the normal Dan Pomeroy flair in it. Oh, well, thank you. You know what I'm talking about? I'll I'll, I'll take that as a compliment. So I, I, and I, and I honestly mean it that way. Like, um, you know, I, I walked out of the session saying I had a good time. I had a lot of fun. My character totally got blown up, which I, you know, I love it when that happens. Um, It's a sufficiently uh, lethal game. Exactly. It absolutely was a sufficiently lethal game. Um, (laughs) And, uh, you know, we had a we had a good time with it, um, but you know, I just felt like I was like, okay, well, this felt like a prefab adventure. It was, um, and you know, normally Dan's got a lot more going on that I think allow for like a little bit more role play or a little bit more intrigue or whatever. And so I was like, ah, you know, like yeah. I I was kind of like, ah, eh, because I'm like, if I had played a Star Wars game with Dan, I knew it would have been over the moon. You know what I mean? Okay. But Thank we're you. running this, but but. I look forward to the next Klingon adventure that you write up because I know you got something cooking in your brain oh, for eventually yeah. when you want to do it. So and, and that Nate, one I'm looking forward to. Nate handed me a box set of Klingon content that was developed in like 1989. Oh, and nice. And I'll just reskin it for this system. And so I've yep. got lots of hooks and stuff that are interesting to me. And, you know, there's a difference between being able to design a a good RPG like Modiphius has and the ability to get a writer to write a good adventure. And to have that good adventure be good enough for a starting adventure, that adventure be good enough to get people to come back and play more. It's a super high bar. I I think they they did an okay job. I, yeah, I, I agree with that. Because I had I I had high intentions of trying the game at least once before the convention and playing it. Right. Never got to do it, so I needed I needed the training wheels of the pre-made adventure for that one. Well, look look, I did the pre-made adventure of Cthulhu. Too. Yeah, you know and what I mean, it, and, and it's cool. Yeah, and it, and it's totally fine. So you know, there's no disrespect that way, but I'm just like it's not the it wasn't the normal Dan flair. Yeah, you know what I mean. You. And so I look forward to a three shot that you do sometime that has like you know uh, the three act play that I know that you're gonna pour your heart and soul into, and it's gonna be a lot of fun. So, cool. um, but the it, it was fun. I like the um, they had some interesting mechanics with it with the um, you know the momentum. Momentum. Yeah. I thought I thought that that was really interesting. It's like if you had rolled better than what you needed you could score some momentum and use that to like for a re-roll in the future yeah or an extra dice that you could you know use and so um i thought that that was a really interesting mechanic um to do i think it was a a much i think it's a it's it's a cleaner more slim down version of what the star wars rpg has with the advantage and threat and it's yeah and 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 it's it's an evolution on that and it brings you back into the d20 there's some people yep. who don't feel like they're playing an RPG unless they're rolling D20s. So you got right. multiple D20s to throw. And um, I think, uh, you know, that was the first time I ran it. And yeah. and, and I have, have not really learned the whole character creation system yet. So I'm excited to, 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 have, some, to have some good times going in the future. So thank you. Thanks for uh, helping me, uh, you know, be unvirgined on the... Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, absolutely. You deflowered me for Star Trek. And now I want to play more. <laughs> I you know I saw another game on on Kickstarter today and I thought about buying it. I'm like no 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 I don't want to add another game. 
I need I need to go deeper on this Klingon thing I invested in. Well, we, uh, you know, it's funny because I felt kind of the same thing with Cthulhu because the starter set only gives you this really thin rules packet. Yeah. You know, and it's not even all the in-depth rules, which is fine. I mean, like, you know, I mean, I was kind of making some stuff up as we went along because that's what you do as a DM. And, um, you know, to have have a fun time. Um, but, you know, you, uh, I, I doubt that you knew the entire rule set and you were just like, okay, well, let's just play and let's have a good time. Yeah. So, and, and we did that. Yeah. And we did that. So. Uh, a, a lot of us, uh, uh, just moving on, a lot of us played Mothership. I played Derelict Duty with Omar. He was great. Mothership. Mothership, I, I, it is a different kind of RPG. It is just different. <laughs> it is not meant for campaigns. It's not meant to succeed. It's just a matter of who's going to live and what's the story on how they barely lived if they lived at all. And I know we've said this about Mothership probably 50 times. But if you pick up Mothership and get into it, you've got to change the channel on your brain of what you expect from an RPG. If it's a D&D, I can't wait to get to level five thing. Right. Throw that out the window. It's, oh, it's, it's not heroic it's, at it's all. It's not heroic. And I'm going to say this. <laughs> it's almost like an RPG board game. You know, there's dungeon crawler RPG board games. This one is an RPG theater of the mind that's a little bit more disposable. So um, totally like it, totally dig it, always want to play it. Um, but, you know, for those out there who are expecting a certain kind of milieu, it's, 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 it, it's that weird flavor of Baskin and Robbins, which is like, they made five gallons of this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's, that's Mothership. Omar did a, a fine job. A lot of us played, I think we had two big sessions of Journeys in Middle Earth. One quick thing I'll say about it, we've talked about this a lot on the show and in the past, for those who don't know, Journeys of Middle of the Earth is a five-player uh, miniature game where the, an app on a phone or a tablet builds your board, manages your bad guys, manages the rules um, to a certain degree. I What I discovered this time, because my session of Journeys of Middle of the Earth, I finally started plunking down the money for the extra digital content. So that's $7 for each of their different adventure packs i bought their latest and greatest adventure pack and man that thing was full of social encounters which i had never seen this game do before yeah and um and i really really dug that so anybody who's thinking about getting into these games where you have to buy a digital thing on the other end buy everything if you've already spent a hundred dollars for the board game buy the other adventure packs because you're gonna get a more a better variety of play because I've started the main first adventure that I demoed at Gen Con that I've started with my family and I've played with my buddies. All those were great, but there's some of it that's kind of repetitive. Um, so buy, buy the extra digital content. It's totally worth it is my two cents. Did you guys have any journeys in Middle Earth thoughts but besides that? Yeah, I mean, I played it with my brother and Mike and we played the starter adventure because... Um... That's what they had. Yeah, well, it, I mean, we could have done another one, a different one. I think my uh, John had the expansion. So one, one, there's there's two there's two frees and two add-ons. Yeah, so yeah. we we did the starter one because the last time I had played, I had played it with you like years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were kind of like, ah, oh, we forgot how this worked. Um, by the end, once we kind of like had figured out the mechanics and how everything was going, like we were humming with it and yeah. we we're having a good time. So good. it's a great game. It's a it's a fun um, augmented reality 
game, you know, where uh, you let the you let what's up on the screen dictate how things are going. So um, it's kind of fun. And it, it, it has obviously Mansions of Madness is the first version of that game. Journeys of Middle Earth is the second. There's the new Descent. The new Descent yep. game that came out is yep. has got the 3D terrain. It has many of the same elements. A little different. You do, I think, you do roll dice in Descent. In in Journeys of Middle Earth, it's more like Gloomhaven, where you have a deck that you're managing for successes. Yep. yep. So anyway, um, if you're interested and don't like Lord of the Rings and you like Descent, you know, want to play against an app, and you get a and you get a solo game. Anytime you're playing against an app, you do get a solo game out of the deal, which is yeah, um, cool too. Uh, a, a bunch of Star Wars got played. I was able to get get in a session with both of my brothers, Matthew and Nate. We played Age of Rebellion and had a had a nice time. That was a really busy day for us, and um, but it was good to it was good to, to to play basic Star Wars again. Was that Sean's session? Yeah, Sean ran that, and he did it. So he did a he, fine he, job. He had the uh, the adventure on Hoth, right, where he had to go back and yes. try to scavenge some some equipment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was a good adventure. I played I played that adventure on Arpol, which is the play by post, yep, yep. Uh, you know, web uh-huh. forum. And uh, in that session that I was playing, I was playing with Jamin Hayden, our buddy, and um, he 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 and I were fighting some fighting some guys, and this dude decides to take our ship's gun turret and shoot at us. Oh no! Like to kill to kill this yeti thing that we're fighting, right? Yeah, the wampa. The wampa. So we're fighting this. We're about to kill it, and he's like, "Well, I'm gonna shoot this giant ship turret into you guys." And he rolls a despair and kills everyone. And didn't kill me. Uh, yeah. I think because I had like stepped back from the wampa or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obliterated Jamin's character. Yeah. Like that, yeah. obliterated him, and I was like, "That's the only time in Star Wars I've ever seen." Come on, you have to go back to the. You got to go back to this well. You got to go back to this well. It's a slow burn joke. It's a it's a slow burn joke. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, well, th- there was a lot of bending rules to keep uh, John's character alive. He told you about that session where I'm like, "Well, if you would have spent the XP the way I told you yeah. to, you wouldn't be yeah. dead right now. I'll let you spend it right this second, and you'll be fine." And uh, anyway, he he yeah. learned a lot about taking advice from the game master. He he right. was here on Saturday, uh, kind of mea culpaing doing that, so that was good. Um, we played some. We played Fiend uh, Find Foe Fun. Which was a a D and D fifth adventure uh, fifth edition with Omar. That was some great good old fashioned dungeon crawling D and D fifth edition style. Everybody had a nice time. Um, Warcry narrative, which you ran, Justin, which was just yep. always outstanding. There's something about that game. It takes me about 25 minutes to wrap my brain around how different the rules are compared to how I think the rules I want them to be. Right. Uh-huh. And then as soon as I got the rules down, I was flying. I was doing really good. And yeah. I think I had a pretty good record by the time we ended the uh, the, the three Yeah, you're playing the orcs again, session. right? Yeah, I kind of bullied my way into the orcs. But I had fun because I, I wanted to play a list where I knew their strengths and weaknesses. Yep. And that helped me. That gave me a little bit of an edge, a teeny tiny little bit of an edge, which was good. Yeah, that's um, good. Oh, I had some new armies out um, for that session. So different ones from last year. Like we had a Legion of Nagash, which is a bunch of undead that Jason played. Um, Jason and I had an epic game. 
Um, yeah, we did. Yep. I was playing. I was playing Skaven, which were the Rat Men, and he was playing uh, the Legions of the Dead, and it was that mission where like you either had to kill the captain or you had to, the leader or steal the steal the loot, mm. right? Well, he decided he's like, I'm gonna hunker down. Yeah. And so he like hunkered in this like thing and there was just basically this scene where all these rats were converging like on these skeletons <laughs> and they were just like busting through and busting through and then he would like raise them up again. You know what I mean? Because that was his powers. He could bring them back to life, you know? Oh. And so they're just, like, fighting and fighting. And um, it got, cl- like, it got relatively close. Like, I think Jason, it wasn't that close for him. But, like, I was pounding, <laughs> I was pounding through some of your guys pretty good, you know? Yeah, um, all part of the plan. Those rat ogres. Yeah, exactly. I was just chewing through the <laughs> fodder. But, you know, like, it was pretty, it was, it was pretty epic. Like, watching, like, this scene where there's just all these converge. skeletons and they're, like, converging. There's these, all these rats, yep. you know, like a horde of them. So, um, that was a lot of fun. And, and uh, of fun. to your credit, like, I took a lot of photos of, of Warcry. Those models photographed beautifully. I had, who are the, who are the skeleton undead zombie guys? What are they called in Warcraft? Uh, the Flesh Eater Courts. Flesh Eaters yeah. versus my orcs. Yeah. We had two battle lines crash against each other, uh, yeah. you know, in a straight kind of football style, and it was pretty awesome. Um, so, And the photos turned out really, really great. So, And the, all the terrain, you guys did an exceptional job on the terrain. All the terrain is top-notch, tournament-level ex- exceptional terrain. And, and all the minis are just perfect it's a it's amazing how well how immersive things can become when you've got like well-painted terrain you know what i mean like when you when you're playing on a board that looks like it's like there it's not just gray plastic or primed primed plastic or whatever like it starts to feel like Mm -hmm. more immersive it's pretty cool it helps the gameplay it it helps your investment into what happens so yeah i'm i'm a huge fan uh, last, uh, the last session, I had a real hard time getting any, getting more than three players. I got three players for Ben Franklin and the Society of Renegade Time Travelers for Genesis. That's trademark copyright Dan Pomeroy 2021, by the way, <laughs> from Benjamin Franklin and the Society of Renegade Tra- Time Travelers is my copyright. Uh, had everybody had a really good time. I gave away uh, little tchotchkes to everybody who played. They all got a. Uh, a, a, ben, a Benjamin Franklin lightning key that is also a bottle opener, so they could open bottles of, of, of you know, glass bottles or whatever. Had a, a really fun time. Uh, Drew came up to me later. We connected up on a double date with our spouses. He's like, that was really great. He told he he, he was highly complimentary of, of how that one went, just to toot my own horn, and it kind of inspires me to get something written. And hand it to somebody else who can put it out on um, uh, on RPG Geek and make money off my work because it won't be me, because I have uh, I, my soul is owned by the United States federal government. So <laughs> <laughs> they don't like it when I get money from other people that aren't that that, that uh, it's not uh, tax money. So yeah. Anyway, that's what, that's good. So uh, I go I've it. only got a couple honorable mentions. You know that like you guys covered most most of them. Um, the one that I want to talk about was, uh, or there's two I want to talk about, but the first one was um, our Shadow of the Demon Lord game that we played. Um, we've talked ad nauseum about Shadow of the Demon Lord, but I played a game where there were 
uh, everybody was had never played Shadow of the Demon Lord in there. Oh, I oh, didn't realize good. that. Yeah, not one person had played Shadow of the Demon Lord in there. And so um, it was very interesting. And they had a, like, we had a blast. We didn't finish, we didn't even come close to finishing the scenario. Oh. I mean, we kind of sped through the end a little bit. Uh, the problem was, is they were role playing too well. <laughs> like, I mean, they were just having so much fun doing all these crazy role playing well, scenarios. Well, that's your first and, mistake. <laughs> I know, right? Just letting them have fun. Um, and I mean, they were all like, "Dude, this this system is so fun! It's so much fun!" And it really like, it, it lets role uh, Shadow of the Demon Lord really lets role playing shine if you let it go, you know, because yeah. the dice system does not get in the way of having a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And so that's what they all basically said is they're like the dice system was so easy. It, we loved it and we had a great time with it, you know? And so, um, so yeah, that was, it was a good session, um, in there. Cause again, like nobody, everybody who had played it, like nobody had ever played it before. So we, we had a lot of fun with it. Um, the set, the other game that I want to talk about is big trouble in little China, the board game. Oh yeah. Nathan. That was, yeah. that was a great game. It was, um, <laughs> it it was so fun to like play with the cards and like have little callbacks to yeah, the, to the stuff movie. you know yeah to the movie there's like little quotes and you know like the the powers that everybody had was totally fitting with their character so they did a really great job of skinning a board game and you know putting big trouble in little china and it you know it had some unique mechanics uh in it and like the game style itself kind of felt like a little bit of clue in the beginning because mm-hmm. you had to go from like you were out on the streets of little China, you know, and so you had to go like from shop to shop to kind of help do quests and you would level up and um, they had a great leveling up system that allowed you to, um, you know, really become powerful for the last encounter. Um, and uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. So, we had a we had a blast. That was our first game that we played Wednesday morning while you guys were doing Dark Souls. We were playing, yeah. we were playing uh, Big Trouble Little China. And, and so we had a lot of fun. Nathan's invested a lot in that. Of course, Nate, you know, you know, doesn't paint minis, but he sent those off to like, yep, Sri Lanka or something to get them painted. And um, you know, they 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 came back real nice considering what he spent. It came out. Oh, hundred percent. Right. And you know what? That's a that's another thing. It's like, listen, when you're playing with painted minis on a board game, like. It's more immersive. Like you're having a great time. Like we're playing against rain and lightning, you know, like the the big bad guys. And you know, lightning's like lightning looked like you know, <laughs> blue blue white lightning coming out of his fingertips, you know. So right. like that was a lot of fun. And um, the the painter, the the folks that painted it really wanted very precise communication from Nate on what the different paint schemes were. And different minis he had paid for a different quality of paint, right? So for some of the yeah. some of the things that only needed two coats were cheaper. Things that needed, you know, more TLC were more expensive for him. And so he was able to go. And um, someone had um, oh, one of the things is they individually painted, like on Jack Burton's tank top, like they yeah. they went and oh found, that looked great they found the yeah. logo and hand painted jack burton's logo on his tank top yeah yeah, um, yeah. And that was not on the mini and uh it's so small and precise and uh considering he only paid like five bucks for that paint job not too shabby yeah so yeah, that's not bad at all 
yeah, no, it was a, it was a good, it was a good price for what he got, for sure. Um, yep. So so that what else? Any, yeah. Anything else we need to honorably mention? Um, as far as game wise, I you know I I don't I don't have anything. I just want to say like, look, this is our second year of running GuildCon. I think that um, I I want to I want to personally thank John Tross uh, for all the work that he did putting it together. Yeah, he did great. Last. Last year, I I probably did the lion's share because I'm a glutton for punishment, and when it comes to events, like I become a perfectionist. I'm normally not a perfectionist, but I become one yeah. because I want everybody to have a good time, you know. And um and this year I had so much going on between coaching my son's rugby team and church stuff and all this other things going on that John absolutely stepped up and handled a lot of the communications, a lot of the organization. And um, was just a huge help in, in making sure that it got uh, pulled off. So um, that was Absolutely. great. And of course, of course, we got to thank Jason for hosting it at his house. I mean, like it's a great venue that we have there. Like everybody had so much space and it was comfortable. And um, you know, it, I thought I thought it was smoother this time by coming in the side back entrance. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was great. I'm glad it could host. And uh, I think that our plans for lunches, snacks, and dinners was almost flawless. Wow, thank you. You know? I, like, I worked I on you that guys, with John. Thank you. I know, yeah. You guys did a great job. And, I mean, like, we had we had plenty of lunch stuff. We had plenty of snacks. And people could go get the dinners that they wanted. And everybody seemed to be very happy with the arrangement. And people so. ate leftovers for lunch for dinner and just because just they wanted to play more. And that was great. And then... Yeah. Things got. Cons- I'm. I'm sure we left large quantities of canned soda in Jay's house. Um, so actually, there was not. There was only like one pack of twelve. Really left we, over. Yeah, we went through a lot of beverages then. That's. Oh that's yeah. Great. That's that's not a bad thing. Yeah. So um no uh you know it, I think for our listeners who are like I think I probably have a big enough circle of friends where I could put on a gaming event with somewhere between 15 and 20 people if you fall fall into that you know universe it's possible you could actually do it and it yeah. could be fun and if people take time off of work which a lot of people did friday was packed friday yeah. was the busiest day that was the most number of people who had taken off work um it can be a very close to a, a, a an expensive convention feeling I, I i've told a lot of people this because they know i go to gen con we play more games at GuildCon than we play at Gen Con because there's so much less logistics, so much yep. less walking around, so much less shopping, so much less fluff. That um, it's yeah. good. It, it, it's unique to Gen Con, but if you just want to play games, you do not have to go to Indianapolis or one of the big cons to do it. I'm sorry, you trying to get away? Well, no, no. I, I think I think one of the great things about our group too, and I think this is you know probably true of other gaming groups out there is, we brought big convention quality to a small convention. You know, micro so, convention. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's not no, even micro a small convention. Micro. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. like, I mean, I've I have DM'd at Gen Con. I know Jason has. Uh, yeah. I think you have, right? I've done um, I've done a bunch of conventions, not Gen yeah. Con, but I've done uh, Kublacon and two or three others. Yeah. You know, and so we've got we've got experience at like a pretty high level that we're bringing into 
Like, you know, and, like, we've played board games and we've run things. And, you know, so, like, um, we're, we're bringing that kind of level of experience into the into GuildCon, which I think, quite frankly, shows. Like, people had a great time. Like, we knew how to manage the time to have good games. Like, I look, I did not finish my – we did not really finish the session at all that we were trying to do. Mm-hmm. But we we did wrap it up. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Because, like, I just knew how – you know, we, like, we know how to keep games within four hours. I mean, I remember when Jason and I were prepping for Gen Con, Jason came up with, like, the perfect four-hour formula mm. for an RPG, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was, we had a session on that, right? The four four role-playing opportunities and four uh, uh, encounter opportunities. Four encounter, yep. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And if you, if you can do that, then you've got a great four-hour session. Yep. You know? Just find a way to time together based on how the players want to explore the world you've crafted. Yeah. Yep. So, um, so... You know, I think I think that we had we had a great time. The logistics were worked out really well. I we used a different booking system this year, and while I thought it was very helpful, I don't know if we'll do it again. Yeah. You know, yeah, there's some. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan. There were some. There were some things about it that I that it had some quirks that were almost too much to oh like. There were too too much to want to use it again. You know what I, I mean. I had the feeling it was solving a bunch of problems we had last year, but it also had introduced its own number of, of weird problems. I agree. So yeah. I think I think the problem was that it's it suffered from too many deep uh, clicks. You had to click too many times to get to information. To get to what you wanted, and there that's yeah, very yeah. true. There were layers of clicks. Yeah, the click path was layers. a little bit weird. And there's, I, I wish there, there was options too. Like, can can we please show who the participants in this yeah. event are? The, can, this you is Bookwen for folks listening. Yeah. Bookwen.com. Yeah. And I got on Bookwen tonight and logged in just to remind myself what games I had, and 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 it's all my data is still there. So, mm-hmm. I, it was not terrible, um, but you can definitely see how having a a, a piece of software help manage your convention is very, very important, very hard to do, and and these types of software packages don't just fall off, you know, fall off trees. So, yeah. you know, you gotta be really thoughtful about how, how you're doing that. I do think, I honestly believe now that we have collectively in our group the skills to put on a, a, larger, con- a larger convention at a paid venue if there's a way to keep the venue cost down significantly. But, yeah, but that's, well, I, that's I my opinion. The, I, I could th- be wrong. No, I think we could. I think the answer to that is Kickstarter. Yeah, for tickets. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, because if yeah. you do if you do Kickstarter for tickets, then you've guaranteed that you can pay for the venue. Yeah, and you know the rest is the rest is kind of gravy. Um, you know, you got to get volunteers though if it's a paid thing. Yeah, like they can, you yeah. know, check people in and you know run games. And yeah, and I, 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 I think I, I definitely think that we've got the DNA in embryo if we really wanted to get serious about it. But one of the things that we have is we don't enjoy the process of putting on the event as much as we enjoy the games themselves. So I do think the way we've done it is very good. And I'm not advocating that we immediately jump right. to the next level, but <laughs> I'm not advocating that at all. But I'm cognizant that oh, this is a doable thing. This is a solvable right. equation, and and yeah. and I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't have said that you know two years ago, you know. Right. So. Yeah, I think, and I think we got enough different people involved uh, this year as well that like 
you know, we've got a pool of people that are very capable of putting on these yeah. types of things now. Well, I mean, you know, a lot of us are, are professionals and we're well paid and we're smart. We know how to organize and we know how to think through problems, you know, and I think that kind of it's kind of like free labor is is getting, you know, I mean, how many yeah. people helped us out that have studied project management? A pretty decent number. You <laughs> right. Know? Right. Um, and we had some curveballs get thrown at us at the last minute and we accommodated it. And we made it work. We had things we had to reorganize quickly and and it was tough and we I think we were resilient and it was okay and and it was seamless yeah there was a few bumps but n- nothing that pissed anybody off or nothing that was destabilizing and everybody still had an awesome time and that was the goal yep. it's also the beauty of keeping it small yeah you avoid the potentials for uh, those big things to kind of that those things that happen at bigger events yeah, I mean, you know, like one of the big events is unfortunately one of our one of our guys couldn't make it, um, you know, and yeah. so we had to we had to rejigger some of his sessions and move people around, move some sessions around, and we were able to do that because it was smaller. If it were a bigger convention, it would have just been like, sorry, your event is canceled. Go find something else. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. but we we were able to kind of quote unquote white glove it, right? Which is like, okay, we'll we'll reach out to these people in the session who are affected and offer them something else that's going on at the same time and let these other people know that their session's getting moved and you know what I mean? And so like we were able to do that because it was so small, Um, you know, and I mean, think about Gen Con, right? Like if Gen Con has somebody who's like, yeah, I I can't do it after all. They're like, all right, that's canceled. Sorry. We'll credit you back. We'll credit your account. (laughs) Done. Boom. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So, so I also want to say that, I, there's something really great about printing the shirts. I'm wearing my shirt right now, by the way. <laughs> printing the shirt says, we're doing this for real. And we did have one of Jay's buddies think that our website was too professional looking. And he shared it thinking it was a real convention. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> and so, like I said, you know, um, we certainly there's no dealer hall at, at GuildCon, but uh, having the swag of the shirt, I think, was... I, I think it, it amps it up pretty well, and um, I'm, I'm glad we did it. I still got two shirts in my basement, so if somebody didn't get their shirt, let us uh, know. Jim did not get his shirt. Mm. Is there a blue, regular blue shirt? Uh, I think that there's one be. from last year and one from this year. Oh, who's this? who's the one from last year? I don't know, but there's one in the box down there. It right. might be Mike's. Oh. Uh, maybe free. No, I think he got his. Did he? Yeah. Uh, cause I, I know that, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure Nick picked up. Oh, you know whose it was? It was, um, your buddy, maybe it was Omar. Didn't Omar order a shirt last year and he couldn't make it? Mm, maybe. Mm. Well, maybe yeah. we'll send an email out. We'll check it out. I'm at the point now, if they didn't pick up the shirt from last year, <laughs> that, <laughs> right. that we're, we're beyond. sunk cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so, uh, but I know that this year's shirt is Jim's. I do know that. Yeah, and I, I thank so. you for doing all the work on the shirts. I, having I know, de- I designed the logo. You did. I'm looking at it, it right now great. with my own great. eyeballs. I it makes it real cool and professional, and it's a souvenir from an event that has no souvenirs, which yeah. is pretty sweet. So well done. 
I, yeah. My brother was like, nah, I don't need a shirt. I, I've got plenty of these shirts. I think he walked away being like, I wish I had gotten a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> right. But that but that happened last year, remember? How yeah. many people were like, man, I wish I would have gotten a shirt. Yeah, I remember yep. being Let the 10th shirt. Let that be a lesson shirt. to you. I was the 10th shirt to get the, the cheaper deal. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I may not even go. I'll buy it because I want to support Justin. Because what if this GuildCon thing becomes a big nothing? And now here we are going, yeah, we're yeah. all about it. We're all about it. This is so yeah. great. So. So moving in the future, I think I think we've decided this, right? And correct me if I'm wrong, Jason. If we go to Gen Con, um, our plan is to have an abbreviated Guild Con, like maybe a Friday, Saturday. A two-day Guild Con. A two-day Guild Con. Because I, I don't know about you guys, but I cannot take off like eight days of my leave for just gaming by myself. My wife would kill me. <laughs> I could do I could do it myself. If I were a single man, I would absolutely do it. Mm. But uh, knowing that there are family vacations to be had, yeah. uh, my wife would not be too happy if I decided to take off, you know, eight eight days worth of hey, leave to to game. There's so. a solution to this. It's called leave without pay. <laughs> yeah, I don't think uh, the the reduced paycheck should be happy about either. Um, so yeah, so the idea is uh, guild. If we're doing if we're doing Gen Con, an abbreviated you know two day Guild Con, which could even be a Thursday night, all day Friday, all day Saturday, mm. you yeah, know, yeah. and that would be that would be a great time. Mm. And then um, and then do Gen Con. And if we're not doing Gen Con that year, we do a full Guild Con again. Yep. You know, yep. the Wednesday through Saturday. Well, I've already so. uh, uh, Sean W and I have already put in for um, to rent a, a Verbo house, so there'll be more more on that to come amongst us who go. Nice. So there's only so many billets, you know. It's not an infi- it's not infinitely elastic, but um, we'll, we'll some of us will be able to do it. <laughs> Let me just say yeah. that. Put me down for one. I already. <laughs> well, we haven't hands we, raised. We haven't figured that part out yet. Uh, uh, <laughs> Jay. Are, are you saying you haven't you haven't figured out if you're going to let other people join no, you we're, in the we're, house? No, uh, uh, we're, we're going to auction them off. No, <laughs> auction them off. To the death. <laughs> to the death. That's we're, okay. We're gonna ha- no, no, no. You keep you keep your house. Jess and I will just rent the one right next I to you. I know. That's there, right. There and might we'll, we'll open our doors. And we we'll will play death doors. metal as loudly as we That's want. Right. There was one in that neighborhood. There the was morning. When we did this two or three weeks ago, there was one available in that neighborhood too. So anyway, if you guys want to do that. Nonetheless, we'll talk about it more another time, not on, not on the air. Okay. All right. All right. Well, thanks, guys. All right. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to our very long GuildCon wrap-up. It was um, it was a, a great event. Obviously, you heard all the ups and downs about it, um, but uh, we hope that uh, next year, many of you, if you weren't able to attend, could can attend next time. So uh, we we'd love to, we'll love to have everybody who can come out come out because we had a we had a great time with it. So, yep. Onward yeah, and upwards. Times. Thanks. Onward and upward. Sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. You have a great night, and thanks for listening to the show. See ya. <laughs>